What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Little car! Hey, behaves! Back from your, what was that, a rave in Tahoe? Yeah, was just, that a silent uh, disco or something? Everyone wearing headphones? I, I, I'm not quite sure what a silent disco is, but I ran into a guy from San Jose that was up for a Tim McGraw concert, loyal mm. listener of the podcast. Yeah, I heard about that concert. And uh, yeah, they just give you headphones. There are two different options. You can click on the station that's different than the disco that's going on, and that's a weird experience, but still pretty cool. Or you can just double down on the music that's kind of raving playing. Again, this is just like a bar right next to the casinos on South Lake. Pretty cool. Oh, I so mean, there's just, music coming through the speakers. You don't have to. You don't have to be wearing anything. No, there are. It's just like a DJ up there, like boop, 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 right. you know. And then there is you throw that on, kind of augments the sound and makes it. You know, I guess if you're super high or on something, or even just drunk, it's it's pretty intense. But again, like my, the buddy I was with works in the league, younger guy, you know, and he's just I, I he didn't quite understand it either. And again, it turns into, you know, both over 30. Like, how do these guys, these younger millennials communicate? Because first off, it's loud as shit in any club. Right. So it's hard to have a conversation. But if you're not having anything on your ear, you can at least scream at each other. If I'm just dancing with you and we both have these headphones on, you cannot talk, you know. So right. it's like we started talk. doing the judging of the millennials. Like, how does anyone fucking talk? And the reality is they don't. No. And drugs are a big factor. But I, I also think it was just it's just one of like the two bars up there if you're not in the casino. So just a lot of younger people kind of wanted somewhere to I don't even know if it was that drug induced. Oh, well, maybe now I sound like the old guy. Well, they must be doing drugs. Yeah. You know, the, the crack academic. Yeah, I've know. seen yeah. it. <laughs> I've seen it before, like in the park where I walked by and it was silent. They were in well, the park. Guy, it, it flips fast. A lot of people to me were just in there. Like when we got there, we're like, oh, a bunch of younger people hanging out. So we go in there and it was just, it was just a normal younger bar. And then it flips at like 10 to when the headsets start getting passed out. You're like, what is going on here? 
I just remember the first time I ever saw one of those was not in a bar. I had no idea what was happening because I walked by it in a park. And the people are all outside just flailing around wearing headphones. And I don't hear yeah. anything. And then I realize as I get closer, oh, they're wearing headphones. Must be a silent. Well, that's the thing. That's where everyone kept like Instagram DMing me. Is that a silent discount? Silent disco? Silent disco? No, it was not a silent disco. If you don't have headphones on, the music is fucking blaring. You know, it's loud in there. And then you just double down. But here, here's a good one. The guy that I met, the loyal listener from San Jose. Sorry, name escapes me. Had a few, had a few too many when we interacted. Uh, might have dabbled in a little east too. But also, he said that he they, he came up, I think, with his girlfriend and some buddies to, to see Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw was up there, South Lake Tahoe, on Friday night. So he's like, tried to get out of work early. He said, I work in Silicon Valley. Left at 2.30. I'm like, uh, what time did you get to Tahoe? He said 8.30. It was a yeah. six-hour trek. It's probably 200 miles. You know, it's not that far. Yeah, jeez. The traffic, man. Well, I, I, we're with some friends on Saturday night, and they're like, oh, you went to, you went to Carmel. It's like, yeah, I went to Pebble. Like, boy, what a, what a long day. And I'm like, no, not really. I mean, you know, we – and then I started doing the math. I was like, yeah, God, that was a long day. I was like, you know, I left the house at – Eight. We got down there by eleven thirty. It's like, wait a second. No, I left the house at seven. No, I left the house at eight. We got down there at noon. Okay, wasn't that bad actually? No, but what? I walked into my door at like eleven or ten forty-five. Yeah, I got home around eleven forty-five. Or maybe it was eleven forty. There, there was a ton of traffic where I was driving home because they were doing road construction. Mm. Like, okay, guys, Friday's a throwaway night. Screw you guys. Well, you know, my debt, my sister was telling me because she lives up in Sonoma. I saw her yesterday and she was saying that their power went out for several days during the week, including on Saturday What's because PG&E is doing work. And like, you know, her, you know, all the stuff in the fridge went bad and it was just, you know, it sucked. And my dad said that he was talking to a friend who, or a guy he knows, maybe it was a parent of a patient or something that works for PG&E. And the guy was telling him like, yeah, get ready. Like everyone's blaming PG&E for everything, so you PG&E is going to teach the state a lesson here coming up, coming this summer. Like PG&E, like we're we're getting blamed for every fire. We'll get ready for it to get really. Every time it's hot, we're turning off your power, so, we, there's, so there's no fires. No one's going to be looking at us. To everyone, like even us. I don't. I mean, those of us that are. I don't think it's an issue down here. But again, I don't have AC anyway. But the power issue is an issue. Uh, I got the impression it was more north north, but just. Because I'd seen a couple stories like, oh, PG, oh, power is out. I was like, oh, okay, I didn't really think much of it. But then my sister started telling me it happened multiple days in Sonoma. And then my dad said, uh, you know, maybe PG&E is going to try and flex a little bit. Well, and in fairness, like, okay, if you are going to blame us for these fires, we'll turn the power. Now you can't blame us. But there won't maybe any fires because the fires, as proven the last couple of years, are unstoppable, right? They're like prime LeBron meets like prime Peyton Manning. There is no stopping them. Peyton, bad example, because you can stop in the playoffs. Right. But it's just an unstoppable fire. Right. There are men, the planes with the water thing that they drop, nothing works. It's just, whoof, because the wind, the dry climate. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. So, with all that said, a lot to get into, actually, on this Monday. This podcast is brought to you by EaseWellness.com. That's right. E-A-Z-E Wellness.com. Promo code HAM. You know, most of the leaderboard in the U.S. Open, I think, might have been brought to you by EaseWellness.com, promo code ham. There was a lot of CBD gum. I don't know if on EaseWellness.com they have gum, 
But I would not be shocked if they do, guy, because they literally have everything from to make you feel good ones. They have the drops. I like the drops. You put them right on your tongue, tasteless. Doop, doop, doop. You just go about your day. You get the nighttime drops. You're like, oh, it's, t- it's 930. I want to go to sleep. But, you know, I'm, it's not easy for me to fall asleep at night. Well, you grab your CBD drops from easewellness.com, doop, 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 right on the tongue, and you're night-night. And then you wake up refreshed. Uh, easewellness.com, promo code HAM. You get $20 off your first purchase. Over $50, you get a free delivery. Guy, if you want CBD products, and who doesn't? It's the craze in America right now. And the great part about easewellness.com, it's all over America. It ships everywhere. Drop shipment to your door. Easewellness.com, promo code HAM. Guy, promo code HAM. Promo code HAM. Get you 20 bucks off your first Ease purchase. And as always, every order over $50 delivers for free. This podcast is also brought to you by Upstart. We've been telling you about Upstart, upstart.com slash ham. As everybody knows, getting into debt is easy. Getting out of debt is hard, especially if your FICO score isn't great. Sky-high interest rates make it hard to break out. So Upstart rewards you based on your education, your job history, in the form of a smarter interest rate. I think I'm going to go there today, guy, because my credit card bill I checked this morning, Mm. bills, I mean, I got multiple, are a tad bit high. And, uh, you know, I, I did a little P&L, profit losses. I'm like, well, I don't even have the capability to pay that off. So maybe I should go to upstart.com slash ham because I wouldn't be alone. Over 200,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards, student loans, help fund their wedding, uh, or make a large purchase. Free yourself from the burden of high interest credit card debt. And that's what I was thinking. I'm like, God, well, I'm paying so much money in credit card. And it just keeps going up. Boop, boop. Every week, you know, go to go to Pebble, then boom, you're in Tahoe. It's like, geez, just spend money, spend, spend, spend. That's where Upstart comes in. They're the number one rank guy in their category. Over 300 businesses on uh, on Trustpilot. And hurry up right now, Upstart.com/ham to find out how low your Upstart rate is, because that's a big key. You might be able to save a ton of money just by using Upstart to get away from the credit card debt. Like you said, it won't affect your credit. Upstart.com/ham. I was thinking about it the other day because. You know, car car to the mechanic, car comes back, and I'm like, these cars are old. My wife and I, both of them. At what point do we stop pouring money into vehicles, right? But then you start, then you go look at what it costs to get a car. And I'm like, well, that doesn't look like a happy solution. I'll just keep, I guess, driving this thing until it falls apart. Um, not cheap. That's why. That's why middle cops working in the back channels trying to get us some uh, car deals. Wow, Porsche, John. Okay, I can stop paying for mine with cash. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I got a lot of uh I you know, I insta storied a video of us in your car, you driving us down to Pebble the other day, and I got a number of replies that were like, Guess that's not it doesn't look like a limo to me. We decided to blue collar it. Well, I mean the limo companies one said no, and it's like I, I almost responded, but you know, it's like my ego of saying, like, you're turning this opportunity down and there I <laughs> But again, like you turn these opportunities down, die a little more every day. Because limo companies Let's face it, I can just go to Uber and get, you know, uh, you know, uh, Chevy Tahoe or whatever with a bunch of seats if my friends are going. It's way cheaper. So, like, I gave them an opportunity. They said no. I'm shortening their business models. They're in major trouble. I, I gave them an opportunity for life, guy, and I was turned down by one, and another one just didn't respond. Yeah, they don't see the future. God forbid. I, ho- I hope proms stay alive for them. No, I know. Once upon a time, some people threw a lifeline to taxi companies five, six years ago, and, that they, you know, big egos. Take down businesses. All right. Uh, we have big like big stories on Monday, John, over the weekend, really, but for this podcast. Big stories. 
Anthony Davis gets traded. Just a legit U.S. Open. The Warriors just... I feel like everyone's still trying to recover from what's going on with the Warriors. But let's start with... Uh, well, literally, two of their players, and one might not be there long, are recovering yeah, from surgery. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, let's just start with Anthony Davis. It's pretty wild. We've been talking about it forever. Dell Demps is sitting somewhere like, good thing I said no to that other trade because you just got a better deal. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks for firing me after I didn't do the deal. But did they? Get yeah, that big of- yeah, they did. Because the deal before was like... Uh, like Solomon Hill's expiring contract, Kyle Kuzma, and two picks, I think is what it was. No, I, I thought it was they were getting Ingram, Lonzo, Kuzma, and two picks, is what you're saying? Uh, it wasn't. I think it was there was Solomon Hill's expiring contract and Kuzma, but not Lonzo, I think. was involved. Well, who does Solomon Hill play for? The Pelicans? Not, yeah, like they are going to give him some cap relief. The Pelicans, so yeah, they were going to take Solomon yeah. Hill, but I thought the 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 Lakers were always given a lot of the young players, right? You're including Lonzo. I don't and think Ingram they're giving them all three or all four. I don't think they're getting four guys, and they were not I, getting as many picks. Well, I think part of the problem was the pick this year at the time during the trade deadline did not wasn't pick four. It felt right. like pick eleven, twelve, or thirteen, so that you just weren't going to know till the lottery happened. Yeah, I mean, I I think on the most basic level, if you tell me that you get, if Anthony Davis for the next six or seven years does what he's kind of flashed, he's done more than flash, but can he give me a KD run from 26 to 31? If I'm getting that of what I think everyone thinks, it's a no-brainer for the Lakers. But to me, he's not a no-brainer player because, guy, every time that I watch him, he's fucking falling after alley-oops and he gets hurt. He misses a lot of games. He misses a lot of games, guys. Well, That's... He's, he's, yeah, I'm with you, first of all. I wouldn't even say if he gives you a KD-style run. If he's just healthy, he's going to be great. He's only 25. But he's played more than uh, – here's his games total. 64, 67, 68, 61, 75, 75, 56. He just doesn't play that much. Now, you could also argue, is the new NBA, the Kawhi Leonard, you just play 62 games? Yeah, but is he going to play? If he plays sixty-eight games because you're resting him, fine. But is he playing well, sixty-eight yeah. games? If he has hurt? five straight years of a 2018 Kawhi Leonard season, it's a no-brainer. It's the easiest trade they'll ever make, right? Because you right. would rather have the Kawhi Leonard version of Anthony Davis than all those guys in the picks combined. If he's now, healthy, they'll win a championship, right? They'll win one. I, Not this I, year. I, maybe I next year. I wouldn't go that far yet because okay. like the elephant in the room also is, well, if LeBron pulls a hammy next year in December, can he come back two weeks later or is he out at two months? Like we saw this year for the first time, Mr. Indestructible, who usually, right, if let's say the team had been shitty and he had hurt the growing. Did I say that right right there? No. Growing? You say yep, There you go. Growing. 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 Say so that. he hurt his groin. And they were way under 500. You'd be like, of course, he's not going to come back. But I think part of the deal was, God, this is a top four seed. They were kicking ass. He'll be back. He's going to miss like 10 games. It'll be fine. And then clearly, like, God, he just can't get it right. Well, obviously he can. He's fucking 34 years old. So that that to me is Mr. – because he has been Mr. Indestructible. If he's kind of questionable, they just have some question marks, you know, yeah. of yeah. injury guys. Now – 
Did you see Damian Jones, the dude that used to play with LeBron, said that he's heard some rumblings? Damon. Kawhi Damon. If you told me that Kawhi Leonard goes to the Lakers, I'd be like, that team's incredible. Yeah. If you told me that they get – hell, even if they get like, you know, Patrick Beverly, J.J. Redick, and Seth Curry, like a bunch of sweet role players, I'd be like, that team's going to be really good. You know? Because when the playoffs come, if they got LeBron – AD and just a good team, like kind of like something, some semblance of like what the Raptors did. But instead of just having one sweet player, they got two. They're gonna be they're gonna be unsolvable. But if, to me, their team they don't have anyone on their roster guy besides Kuzma. If they had if they had Anthony Davis, Kawhi, and LeBron, rank those players in order of importance to winning a championship. LeBron, Kawhi, AD. Like, which one of those guys going down would hurt their chances the most? Is it LeBron or is it Kawhi? Yeah, I mean, that, but it's just bottom line, they're like, they turn into the Warriors. They become unstoppable. I'm just, yeah, yeah. I'm just they, saying, like, LeBron, AD, Kawhi. If AD goes down, I feel like LeBron and Kawhi could get it done. If LeBron goes down, I feel like Kawhi and AD could get it done. If Kawhi goes down, LeBron Le- could get it done with AD. LeBron okay. probably could, they, they could all get it done. Yeah. Um, they would be un- they'd be unreal. Yeah, I don't know enough about Kemba. Like I watched him a couple times this year on some NBA TV games, and he basically just played like the poor man's version of James Harden. Now their team was way shittier, which is dribble, dribble, shoot, dribble, dribble, shoot, dribble, dribble, shoot. But he seems like a great guy. They also, do you know, there's a the huge elephant in the room here. He can decline. He just gets extra free four million dollars if he wants to pick up this trade kicker. You just get four million in direct deposit. Kind of like what upstart.com slash ham on a much lower level would probably give you listeners, maybe myself here when I check later today, just get a direct deposit. Or he can decline it and it gives them more max space. And I heard Simmons and Rosillo talking about it like, who in their right mind says no to that? Now, because it's clutch, maybe there can be some things, but humans don't just say no to free money. But it, it directly impacts their cap. So I don't know how that's going to work. Because that's a big deal. Like if they get an extra four million, you're saying if he signed, they, they if he's, have the money if to he's sign. a Laker, you're saying if Kemba's a Laker, I'm saying he'd have to take less money because if right. Anthony Davis picks up that trade kicker, or even like Kawhi, let's even say there's some there's a little juice to that rumor. Well, if Anthony Davis picks it up, Kawhi, oh, oh it's, it's okay because gotcha. it changes it from like thirty two million to twenty seven million. It's it's a big deal. It's a four million dollars that he can either just say no, I'm good. Now, again, like, it's, it's a, that's a lot of money to every human. It's a lot of money to Anthony Davis. But if they're about to sign him to $220 million, you could probably work it out where, hey, don't sign this. Yeah. We'll just, let's deal. And so also, he, like, let's I not forget it. let's not forget for the Warriors to do what they did, people were taking less money, right? But to me, there's a difference between, like, taking a little haircut on your contract and, like, no one was just waving free cash, you know? Yeah, but however it happened, I'm just saying people were not getting as much as they knew they could get if they wanted to maximize their dollars. But that is 100% not happening with the Lakers because LeBron took the max. We know Anthony Davis is taking $220 million. So it was like, you're telling me Kawhi, who's won two championships, will take a haircut? Now, Kemba might, maybe. And, and by the way, it happened with Miami, too. Like, people did, like, when we talk about these super teams, like, these were not teams full of guys getting the most money they could get. Well, again, because you're also talking, though, like taking a haircut on your max when it's you can get 31, you take 28. No I, no, I, I understand never, how it happens. I'm yeah. just saying 
like part of this thing working for the Heat and working for the Warriors was guys not maximizing their dollar value, right? Well, that's, that's why, what... like, you read some of these people, the ba- the people that are big basketball, like, that cover, the, you know, in the media that are tied with the numbers go, it gets very fucking hard. Even if Ant- just getting Anthony Davis and he signs his full max, like, you don't have that much room, you know? That's why Kuzma is essential because he's he's like your most players on NFL teams. Well, I drafted this guy late and he just makes nothing, right? You have to have solid players that make nothing. Like they they couldn't part with Kuzma, right? Because the thing with Ingram and Lonzo, those guys don't make like a million dollars. They make like five six. So if you got two guys making thirty five, you're already at seventy. Well, the the people like I know they love to talk about the health of the NBA. The NBA caps a hundred million. So you do the math. If you got two guys making seventy, fucking problem. I I think it gets a little trickier. And Rosillo had a good point on the Simmons one, like who in their right mind, if the Warriors had just done this or if Doc Rivers and what's his name, uh, Lawrence Frank were doing this or Pop was doing this, you'd be like, well, they're so smart. They're so good. They'll find a couple undervalued assets or Masai. Where has Palinka proven that like, let's say they don't go after like a Kemba just because he's not available. They're like, okay, we got $22 million dollars to sign like three solid players. What have they do, done to prove that they know the right three guys? They would be on the right three guys. Or it wouldn't be, we know how it works. Like LeBron forces guys on you. And he forces guys that don't always work. So it's like, that to me is the elephant in the room. I, I have no problem. They gave up a lot, but he's fucking Anthony Davis. But now like these next guys, for you to win a championship – you do need to hit on like two or three guys. And again, they don't need to be great, but they need to be like JJ Redick or Pat Beverly or whatever. Yeah, those are really good pl- like the question is, I mean, JJ might be a little expensive. Um But the your- Warriors the, that's where it made the Warriors special, right? They had they nailed Livingston and they nailed Iguodala. Like that's that's where their dominance comes in. They had sweet yeah. player, but their next five, four, five, six guys were awesome. Well yeah. I mean well, Leandro Barbosa, right. I mean is is GM LeBron going to be able to correctly identify those guys? Because Rob Polinka isn't. Yeah. And do like, here's where, like you said, in the history of these teams, everyone's taken a little less money. Well, we've seen LeBron. He's over that. It's max time. I think it's pretty clear that AD ain't like, wow, AD signed a five-year, instead of 220, he gave him $187 million. So it saved him. Like, that ain't happening. Do you agree with that? Doesn't yeah. it feel like he's just signing full max? Right. And again, like this is where I judge Anthony Davis. Like Anthony, you, you just you just signed 150 million dollars with the Pelicans. Would it be that nuts to sign for 190 instead of 220? Because that would ensure you an extra JJ Redick over every run, right? That would be the smart thing to do. He won't do it because that's not the clutch mo. But that, that's why I won't feel bad for him when it's just like, well, they signed three guys, basically like three Austin Rivers. <laughs> that's that's what I think ended up happening because they just are guys like let's use JJ Reddick for example he just made 12 million dollars last year let's say the Lakers are really interested they're like let's say he could get a two-year 30 million dollar deal somewhere let's say that's not that much like two years 25 so basically like 12 and a half basically what he made last year 12 and a half for two years 25 million dollars they're like listen we can't pay that but we'll give you two years, $20 million. So like you're taking a little haircut, 
but uh, you can come here. Obviously, we need you. We, you. we need exactly what you bring, and we're going to win a fucking championship as an L.A. Laker. To me, when they put the heat together, it was like, hell, if I was these old guys, I'd want to go play with these guys. Look how much fun they're having. Now it doesn't feel like the LeBron's that fun anymore. Like, if you're J.J. Redick, you're like, yeah, I get what you're saying, and I'm not even totally opposed to it, but I just don't really love the opportunity. Well, and you also, know? like, well, I'm going to take less. If you think I'm a Laker hater, that's, I, I'm no, not saying about I the Lakers. I, I, I'm saying it more about LeBron. Yeah, totally. I get it. Like, I think it, playing for the Lakers well, is cool. I'm not trying to diminish the franchise. No. But LeBron I, is just what? a pain. Uh, no, I totally agree with you. The other thing was it felt like in Miami, it felt like you, you come here like you are going to be the, the missing small piece to being guaranteed to win a title. And it felt the same way with the Warriors, right? You come here, you're going to be that small missing piece, David West. We're going to win that championship because, you know, you are. we just need a little bit of you and we're winning the title. Like, there's no doubt. Do you feel that way if you're going to the Lakers? A, are you going to have a good time? Like, David West still swears by being a Warrior and the guy had been a spur. Like you said, it could just be a little hairy. You look at Anthony and you go, his situation last year was weird. Like, let's not forget about that. So it was Kawhi's, though. And if he gets hurt, what happens here? Like, wh- where's our safety nets? Like, the Warriors had the safety nets. Even the Heat kind of did not. They just didn't have any depth. But also they had, like, Udonis was, like, these guys were, like, D-Wade's friend. Like, they've got a lot of friends involved here, right? Kyle Korver is LeBron's guy. Would you Would you rather get LeBron, Anthony Davis, and, like, Kemba or Kyrie or get LeBron, Anthony Davis, and just nail three players for, like, the equivalent of $30 million. Yeah, that, I think. Because one thing we know, and it happens with the Warriors, happened a little less with the Warriors because they just fit perfectly. With LeBron's team, because he's so ball-dominant, the third guy, whoever that turns out, does kind of get shit on, right? Like, you are dramatically, like... Yeah, unless that third guy is, like, Ray Allen. But I'm saying if their third even guy Ray was my scenario guy. is is let's say it's Kyrie. Cuz then well, like let's say Kyrie's open to it. He realizes, well, I can't team up with Kevin anymore cuz he tore his Achilles and I don't feel like waiting a year. LeBron's begging me to come. They're like they'll give you the max, bro. Come, I'll be a better guy. It'll be, you know, right. kind of fooling you. <laughs> let's just say he you're a Laker, you win a championship, you'll be a legit legend. Let's say Kyrie's like he's kind of got some points. Well, someone's going to be left out of the three, like all three of their stardom. Now they make three, obviously LeBron's going to go to all-star games and probably Anthony Davis because he's a bigger guy. But like Kyrie could get lost in the shuffle a little bit, right? right? So instead of averaging 28 for the Nets, he's now averaging like 21. It just, now in the playoffs, you're more potent. That to me is what, and you could argue that's all that matters. You know now. what? And now as I'm, as I'm listening to you talk, you could make the case too. I guess the problem would be it's, you know, maybe you end up as a five seed or something stupid just because the West is getting pretty good. But if you just play enough to be a top four seed and you get those guys healthy enough to just. Who who would you bet against in the West with the Warriors kind of in shambles right now, beating a Kyrie, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kuzma, and whatever else they put together? Yeah. Like you're just not. No, you're not. Even like if Kawhi the, the gets... Denver's like, we just won 68 games. Yeah, you're going to get swept by the Lakers. Even if Kawhi gets a, a team around him in L.A. I mean, Houston, no. Chris Paul and James have their own issues. You see that story today? That Chris likes it. to coach Chris likes to coach up James, and James doesn't want to hear it. 
One, you know, whose side are you on on this? Well, reading the details of the story, Chris's. Why? Well, because part of the story was like Chris is trying to get him to move off the ball. Like when you don't have the ball, like you got to keep moving. You got to do some other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I understand one thousand percent why James talks the way he talks to. Like, or I don't, I don't know how he talks to him, but just was this written in the article, or maybe I just saw this on a tweet. That James is thinking like Chris, you can't even beat your man off the fucking. Yeah, ball. it was in the article. Okay, like shut up, bro. But but again, it'd be like, well, just because I can't do it doesn't mean what I'm telling you is incorrect. Like, yeah, yeah that's Chris, why I'm coaching you up because we need you to do other stuff. What's well, the knock on all the ball dominant guys? Like Russell and James specifically, is they just actually sneaky stand there when they don't have the ball. Like that's the that's what makes Steph so great, right? When he doesn't have the ball, he's just doing the. He's like uh, Carl Lewis out there just running around, wearing people out. He turns into like, okay, I don't have the ball. I'll turn into Ray Allen. Hey, you know Melo's a free agent. Yeah, I, I think all those guys are done. I, but I mean, like, I think are, would, would you be shocked if Melo's a Laker? Yeah, to me, I think it's more likely that LeBron kind of gets active and uses Rich to help him out of trying to get guys to come for like 2 or $3 million. Like... That's what I'm saying. Like he gets, like he gets, like I'll, I'll give you a guy that would be Derek good, like Rose. Yeah, I mean those. T- well, do you read Derek Rose? The Warriors not inconceivable because they're going to need a little off the bench scoring. Okay, but I, I, I don't know. I, I'll give the Lakers credit; they had to do something. You just you didn't have a choice. I also think they benefited from just who else was trading for them. Once the Celtics know Kyrie's not coming back, you can't trade Tatum. Who else is trading for Anthony Davis? Anywhere equivalent of what they got. Because the pick swaps, because if you're like, well, this is really risky for the Lakers, it doesn't parallel the net situation that made Danny into a legend. But there are some parallels if you just, yeah, Anthony Davis is 26. Kevin and Paul were old. Yeah, that's but the main difference. Le- Le- you could argue LeBron's closer to those guys. So if LeBron, let's say, is just physically shot, like he's still good, but let's just say he can't stay healthy for more than 50 games. Well, we've seen Anthony Davis with just average teams, right? They don't make the playoffs or they struggle to. So those picks could just – and we saw the lottery. that Well, you could win 33 games and miss the playoffs, and you're like, well, you're this 10th pick in the odds. Well, that, we just saw with the Lakers. They, they went to four, right? They go to four? Yeah, yeah they went to four. Yeah. And, Plus and all the protections st- are for the Pelicans. Yeah, they can just swap whatever they want. But like the top eight protection is not the Lakers top eight protected. It's the Pelicans are top. Like they get the pick if it's in the top eight, not don't get it if it's in the top eight. I think the Pelicans are going to be decent, to be honest I, with you. I think, well, I, they're going to be sneaky fun, right? Lonzo, Zion, uh, Brandon Ingram, if he doesn't have blood clots. Uh I, I Drew Holiday, like, I think it'd be. I think Lonzo and Zion's going to be cool. Well, he, he, to me, that's an ideal fit. I, I when you look and this for the Warriors guy, next year they're just kind of screwed. I think just because missing Clay is a massive deal, and if Kevin leaves, they can't supplement that money. We'll see who else they're able to sign. But the Kings are obviously on the come. The Kings are just a solid. They might not be a playoff team, but they're just hell to deal with. They they're a unique style. And they're probably going to win between 35 and 40 games. The Pelicans are just going to be better. Like, they just have more of a complete team. If the Clippers get Kawhi, they're going to be a force. Obviously, the Lakers are solid. Just look at the West. 
the, think about this. How about I get another sleep before you? No one talks about the fucking Mavericks traded for Kristaps Porzingis. They're going to be better. The, the only shitty team in the West is the Suns. Every other team, you could make an argument like they could make the playoffs. I guess there was one of the things, too, was I guess they're already in the West, so it doesn't matter, but that the Jazz and... Um, Dantel Russell? No, Mike Conley Jr. The Jazz are already good, and they're going to do something sweet. I, that was the one thing Simmons was there. Some rumors about D'Angelo, if they move on with, like, they would be a be a destination the nuggets are good and the, the west is stacked and and what like the nuggets the nuggets added the one dude uh michael porter jr is going to come back i mean that's a wild card what if he just turns out to be good yeah well i mean if he comes back is the well he's back he's already practicing well i know but i mean he's got, he had backs or he missed a whole season with he's had multiple but I'm just back saying, issues for sometimes like let's just say he's never anything doesn't totally kill him because they took a flyer let's say he does come back and he's 90% of what people thought he was. You're like, damn, you just added like a top five pick to a team that was a... No, I agree. I, I'm just saying I put the if on does he play a season, not whether or not he'll be good. But yeah, Gil Brandt just tweeted, John. Anthony Davis, Gil Brandt's tweeting about Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis was the number one high school recruit in 2010. His Chicago area team playing low level of competition finished 6-19. and 19. So he's basically just calling him a loser. I think his Kentucky team was okay. Didn't they win the national championship? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and I've seen Anthony Davis make the playoffs like he's an elite player, right? I saw him against the Warriors years ago. He was elite. Last year, remember they swept the Trailblazers? Like, he's fucking good. Well, I think it's – I'm with you. Like, I get all the future risks uh, in those – picks i think it's it's a trade you you just you have to do it if you're the lakers but i i think the pelicans did pretty well given all the considerations like i think they they did well like david griffin did a good job well is lonzo gonna because i saw i guess Stephen a smith asked him today like are you guys gonna get rid of bbb and is he gonna start wearing nikes and and lavar said no how is that possible because they're not getting rid of bbb but i mean are they still selling shoes well, they're just going to make some for Lonzo, I guess. I thought didn't they file for bankruptcy? Well, yeah, I thought a bunch of people didn't even get shoes. So, how, well, that doesn't the, mean they can't make a couple pairs for Lonzo. Well, what's the point like, of that? BBB is not going away. But I'm just saying, what's the part. point of getting a couple pairs for Lonzo if you if you don't exist as a business anymore? Well, I mean, that's Levar. No one would compare him to Warren Buffett, guy. So I don't know, but I don't think the way he's talking, it's not going away. Somebody just, some guy who follows the uh, Raptors tweeted that Uncle Dennis is chanting five more years at the parade. <laughs> you, you could argue if you're Kawhi. Kawhi, fucking open your eyes. The East sucks. Just take their $220 million. Hell, you might win like two championships there. You, you might end up with like four. Live in L.A. in the offseason. Yeah, it's pretty you can fly sweet. fly everybody that you want up. Just say, hey, Masai, if you stay, I'll stay. He clearly shows this guy knows what he's doing. He'd be like, hey, listen, you'll get your 25 games off. We don't give a shit what Adam Silver says about TNT. Whatever game you want to take off, we'll take off in the regular season. Yeah, except the TSN games. We need you on those, the TSN game of the week. To me, the 100% right move basketball-wise, because even if you go to the Clippers and their team's good, I can say they're good. They're the fifth seed. Like, it's hard. Right. Especially if Kawhi, Kawhi, again, part of why they'd be the fifth seed, right, is then of those 60 games that Kawhi plays, 
you got to go like 48 and 12 because you're going to lose a lot of the games he doesn't play. So just stay in the East. It's, it's, look at LeBron. Well, if you're Drake, I mean, you're like, hey, man, like, you know, I live here and I, I'm in LA a lot too. Like, you, you could totally make it work. And also, you, you go to, you're not going to the Lakers, historic franchise. I, I don't, I think it was more just live in LA. So I never have to leave. I get, which, you know, I can understand that. I do get it because he, he might look, hey, guys. I, I want to be I'm in not, LA. I'm not chasing a championship. Hell, I'm not even chasing a second anymore. I got two of those bitches. And you know what else I got? You know that guy Kevin Durant? What do they always say about him? Oh, two-time MVP. Finals MVP. They say the same goddamn thing about me. And yeah. I don't even care about that. But they do say it. Right. And he's right. He's yeah, I, I wouldn't blame him. He was like one of five people, right, to win Listen to you two... stumping for a guy to, go to, stay in, to live in Canada. Well, I just think from a basketball standpoint, winning, like, he could become a legend legend. For sure. Like, damn, Kawhi ends his career with four championships? But he's like, I, I'm, I'm in my prime. I, I want to play out the rest of my career where I want to be. Not where they traded me. Not where they drafted me. Where but I sometimes, want to be. even if you don't want to go to a place, like, I didn't necessarily four years ago want to end up I didn't even know what this like this space was, mm-hmm. but I'm glad I ended up there. I think no, sometimes for you don't sure. know where you're going to end up. It's like, so then I end up there. I'm like, God, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, but the, I would say that it feels like he's pretty happy there. But the difference is, like, I, I think this is the factors. Like, you just don't know. Like, do, does being a, le- a NBA's legendary figure matter to you? Or well, I don't you think rather, it, I don't think it matters to any of these guys anymore. Or would you rather just be where you want to be? And if you would rather just be where you want to be, then who cares if everyone else is telling? But what about the next Simmons book? You could be number four. Like whatever, okay. I don't care. I just, how does that affect me when I'm sitting on a beach? Like, doesn't. Yeah, I'm so goddamn rich. Do you like, know what? I'm what a legend? That is one. I'm a, thing. I'm a legend when I walk into my bank and they know I'm their number one customer. I, yeah, man, that is one thing that does kind of bug me is everyone telling guys like, if you just stayed here, you could become an all time great. It's like, so what? They'll sing about me when I'm dead. What the fuck do I care? I just want to live where I want to live. Well, because you know where that's a conversation. That's a conversation with the fans. And as we saw at the U.S. Open, and as we see in the NBA, players, I think, look at the fans like you're nut jobs. So they don't care that, yeah, what about the conversation we're having in a bar? Those players resent that conversation. Well, yeah, I'm not in that bar, so whatever. Yeah, they, they don't care. And, and I think it's fair to say they've never cared less, right? It, well, and I think the money's a big part of that. It used to, shit used to matter to everyone. Because um, it, did, it did matter, right? Like, that was a shit that your dad and your brother talked about. Like you were part of it. Now it's like we're a business, man. You you care more about like what your business is doing. But it's probably gonna end up bankrupt anyway. Uh Warriors, John. Warriors. Chase. See, Dray- See Draymond went to New York to visit Kevin? Yeah. Because you like you told me when we were out on the golf course on uh, Friday that Rick Buecher had reported that Kevin already moved all his stuff, so I guess Draymond having to go out there to visit him. Uh, I, I would if I'm the Knicks, I would go all in on Kevin. Well, yeah, yeah, right. Like I would, like Kevin, you, you you're gonna get all the money that the Warrior, you know, like you don't have to opt into the Warriors to rehab, dude. Just come here, and then obviously, you know, the thing that was the big deal, I think, was Jason Williams, Jay Williams, saying, you know, if he had just stuck with Jason, everyone would have forgot like, about. I was, I was like, did you say his name wrong? Everyone would have forgot about Jason? the. Well, yeah, and then I don't know. Did he change it around the time that the Jason Williams shot the limo driver accidentally with a shotgun? 
I feel like he sh- he kind of changed it when he petered out in the NFL and his, or NBA and his career ended after the motorcycle accident. And it was like a midlife crisis, but it happened at 26 years old. And he tried to get away from that guy because I think he I think I watched an E60 on him or something. He was legitimately depressed. Like he was going through some hard times. Jay, Coach, Jay Williams. Yeah. But at the time, I think he was Jason. Yeah. And that's when Coach K really helped him like because basketball was his life and now he couldn't play anymore. So he's had like the second life. Him calling the Warriors out on first take or whatever it was, get up, saying basically that they they made Kevin think that he didn't he couldn't injure his Achilles. Like, I, do you have any? Is there any part of you that thinks Kevin might come back to the Warriors right now? Uh, every day that goes by, I think less and less. Yeah. Is there is there a chance that because we talked about it? Because when he originally heard the calf, he grabbed his Achilles. He grabbed his Achilles. And Richard kept talking about the, like, when you strain your Achilles, you're more likely to tear it and happen with Sherman. Is there a chance that he had a bad, like, even maybe, quote-unquote, an Achilles light, light tear? That they go, eventually you're going to need surgery on this, and we're going to have to rip it anyway. So just play, it's going to go, and then you have the surgery. Because he was at the point, too, Why where— Why would anybody say that? What would be the, why wouldn't you say that, then? I don't know. And After that, the, that, the problem with that theory is that would have got out to and people would have known. I do think the Warriors, though, are who, when they want, they can leak, right? Whenever they want a story out, Woj has it. They are overly cautious with Kevin. Kevin's like, clearly Kevin told them, like, I don't want this to get out. I want to take I want to let it be known. And they don't say a fucking Which piece. is fine. Which, I, you know. Which, again, is good business. But yeah. they are overly cautious with Kevin because – they're just hoping and praying that he'll accept their deal and stay. And I don't think he will. I don't think he will either. I, I, I'll honestly, Guy, be borderline floored if we don't read whenever free agency starts, Kevin Durant has signed the max deal with the New York Knicks. I, 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 any other team, I'll be like, whoa. I'm, the Nets, one of the L.A. teams, I, I just – I'm all in. Like I think I'm expecting to read the tweet that says the New York Knicks woes go. The New York Knicks have signed Kevin Durant to a four year max. They finally land their guy and he's hurt. Right. Right. And then RJ Barrett, they can tank with RJ Barrett. Let RJ yeah, Barrett try and go have for another high pick. Tonight. Yeah. And then maybe they can flip him for a guy next year, get like CJ McCollum or, or whatever. But yeah. They have planned all along with sign him kind of changed when he got his Achilles because it was going to be harder to package a guy, but they're just still going to sign him. Yeah. And Kevin was dead set on going to New York. Yeah. I, I uh, just judging from Twitter and talking to people, I feel like warrior fans are in this place. They're like really proud of the fight of the team. And that's, I, I understand it. Cause I thought they, you know, they showed a lot of guts, but I, like come October, that's going to wear off and they're going to realize what we're watching is not what we've become accustomed to the last six years, right? I mean, certainly the last five years, but even the last six were. This is a different animal. It's um, going to suck, but I also think everyone's going to be like, well, Clay has a torn ACL. So it's there's not like the – you try to watch a Giants game, you're like, Jesus Christ, this is terrible, and the team just sucks. Well, with the Warriors, you're like, well, Kevin left and Clay tore his ACL, so it's it's 100% understandable. Right, but yeah, people are gonna be mad and rip. That's society, 
But I don't think people are going to like resent the owner or the players. It's just going to be – it is what it is. It's going to be one of those. The truly, it is what it is, right? If yeah. Kevin leaves, Clay resigns, but he's just out for the full year. Well, yeah, I do think it's an exciting time from this sense. Like Now, say that when they're 10 and 27. No, no so. doubt. But I do think like just big picture for the organization. Now it's like, are you – we've talked about the Spurs a lot. And who? somebody wrote this. Was it Marcus or Ethan? Like, when you talk about how Steve compares the Warriors to the Spurs, a lot of it is culture and the kind of people you look for. But what really kept the Spurs going was they just kept cycling in affordable, talented, undervalued role players, free agent, draft picks, guys that became good. They would buy low and sell high on guys. And um, that's how they went from, you know, like a three or four or five year dynasty to over a decade worth of, Comp, uh, of contention with Duncan the whole way through. Um, and so now that like, to me, that is one of, it is kind of exciting in the sense that they now have this opportunity to see whether or not they can keep it rolling chapter. This is chapter feels like three. Is this chapter, three? Like chapter one was really short. They won without Katie. Then chapter two was Kevin. And now this is chapter three. Well, I got one for you. I just pulled up their records. So they, they win the NBA championship, right? The uh, the strike shortened year from '99 up until the year Kawhi sat out. They never won less than 50 games, and they had several 60s on there. And some of those years, guys get like Duncan missed games. He had a foot issue. Tony had been hurt. Like they had injuries over that time. Yeah, and they just maintained. And the Western Conference was always really good. I I, I can't imagine. Even if Kevin stayed, he's not going to be able to play. Like I don't see a path for the Warriors to win 50 games next year. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah. Just no Kevin, no Clay, and just no ability to really replace guys, right? Unless they have the greatest couple mid-level signings ever. I, I, yeah, just they're more likely probably going to win like 44. So that's just one of those. T- it's like it'll it'll take a little hit. Like to me, their legacy and not even it's understandable. But if they miss the playoffs next year, you're already not the Spurs because they went. Remember the stat was like 20 straight years in the playoffs, and everyone's like that is an incredible accomplishment, especially in the Western Conference because it is. Right. The Warriors went what seven straight years because the last two Mark Jacksons, the five, seven. I mean, seven's damn good in the West. We're seven. What were they the? They were the one seed of the Steve Kerr five years, four out of the five, because last year Houston was. So four out of the five, and they were the two. That's damn good. And then they were like six and seven seeds the previous couple years. But can, like, when all these guys, when Clay comes back and they sign some guys, can they rattle off like four or five more years as like a top one or two seed? Then people will kind of forget that one year. Yeah, exactly. But if you have a couple years where, like, and then Clay comes back, but. They haven't really been able to sign the right guys, and Steph's a little older, and they're like the four seed. You know, just they'll lose a little luster. Well, I mean, just maintaining like the greatness. You know, the, the Spurs. I don't. I didn't fully. I'm looking back, John. <laughs> like it's pretty insane how long the Spurs have been really good. Well, they, they're nineteen the eight. I'm going to start in eighty nine ninety. Middlecoff. Like I, I used to. Think, we talk Spurs. Like okay, started in ninety nine. No. 89-90, they won 56 games. Then they won 55 in 90-91. Then 
Then, with five different coaches, they won 47 and 49 games in back-to-back years, despite Jerry Tarkanian coaching 20 games. Then they won 55 games in 93-94. They won 62 games in 94-95. They won 59 games in 95-96. Then they have the, bad, the, the, the Robinson year. They win 20 games. Pop takes over. And then after that, the only year that they won less than 50 games between Pop's first year in 97-98 and uh, Kawhi's last healthy year in 16-17... The only year they won less than 50, 50, was 98-99, which was strikes, which was 37 wins because the season was short. And then they win the championship that year? Yeah, they won the title that year. <laughs> and that, but So that's what, 20 straight years of 50-plus wins? If you, like, I'll include 98-99, just so I include 97-98, one, two. It's like 20, it's two decades plus and never won a title back-to-back. Well, then they, but like you said, they never won a title in the mid to early 90s, but they were damn good because they had one of the best players in the world. They had David Robinson. Didn't he win the MVP in like 94? And that's where the Kareem, or not Kareem, but Hakeem, Hakeem he gets yeah. the MVP trophy to start against, that. Against him. They were playing. And then Hakeem just kicks the shit out of him. Yeah. Because some of his, Hakeem's famous highlights are when he's doing the up and under and David jumps, and then he does the dream shake, and you're like, just giving him to business. That's right. And Akeem was a little older then, but still just a wise motherfucker. He was awesome. I, I was rooting for those uh, Toronto, or I mean the uh, the San Antonio teams. Back in the day, I remember watching basketball NBC Sunday mornings. Uh-huh. Remember those? Uh-huh. Yeah, I think the Warriors, uh, just a pivotal 12 months. Th- this year, they might just be screwed. Like, Kevin leaves, you're just, it is what it is. You re-sign Clay, but these next twelve months to me define you. Do you maintain the Spurs? Like, what do you do with Draymond? What do you do? I don't. I don't think there's a black and white yes or no. Right? If you can make a sweet trade, I think you have to explore it. If you want to keep him, no one would question that. But that is a pivotal franchise moment because if you do give him one hundred sixty million dollars. And in two years, he's a shell of himself. You are fucked because we've seen it before. If you go all in on three max guys and they haven't really had to do that yet because now Kevin's leaving and now you're at rubber meets the road with your next two max guys. Well, I don't know, man. I don't know what you do. You got to keep clay. I might for the big picture, just kind of sell high on Draymond and just try to, you know, retool. That's usually how you maintain it. Like, that's the way Belichick – that is Belichick and Pop. Because you look at Belichick and Pop, you're like, no one relates to us. Look at our – we've been doing this. And to me, the mark of greatness is not your Super Bowl or your NBA championship year. It's your off year, right? That's why I give the Dodgers a lot of credit. I know, like, I get into it with our buddy Mark Packer sometimes. Like, listen, we can hold on to 2010 World Series all we want. It's almost 2020. That's a long time. I, I barely remember two years ago. Like, yeah, the Dodgers never won it, but the Dodgers are operating on such a completely different level than the Giants, and they have been for the last like five years. Baseball's a little random in the with winning championships, but they what they're doing right now is so high level that the Giants really of their three seasons, they had one really high level season. And that was the second World Series in 2012. They won like 95 games. Buster was the MVP. 
they were just humming on all. They were really good. The other two championships were, they just got hot at the right time and it was awesome. They have championships, but they weren't like just some powerhouse. Like no one around the league looks at them like that's what we wanted, right? Yeah, I mean the Dodge. I, I, like to me, what you're describing isn't even an argument. I mean, it's not even a. No, I, I know. Like the I'm Dodgers but- have the last three years in a row, they've been at least the NLCS and been to the World Series two years in a row. They've but I think the argument is they have nothing to show for it. So at the end well, of the yeah, day... Yeah. Well, but again, like these are two different things. Like Whether or not you win the World Series is different than whether or not you have the right blueprint. Like They clearly have the right blueprint. Yeah, they didn't win. Okay, but that's you can't control that in February when you put the team together, but you do put the team together. Like They've well, put consistently a team that's in the dance. Like, that's all you can do if you're putting a well, team together. That's all you can you, do. Wouldn't you say they are kind of the blueprint right now? Like, do you know who they remind me of? Because they're probably... If you just keep putting yourself in the mix... You're going to get it one year. Yeah. Let's say of this 10 they have a 10 year run of just winning the division every year. Let's say they win it one time. They're basically the Atlanta Braves. Guess what the Atlanta Braves were? The the benchmark that every team in the 90s was trying to do. Not because you know they, they not they don't win the the World Series every year. But I want to be them. I want to I want to be able to lock myself in. 98 wins were but, in the but dance. But again, John, I don't this isn't even an argument. Like I don't even like this is oh, just an emotional like when you say the Braves, the like well, you, we won in 2010. Like great, I, I, I. But I, but, I, but, I but my point is the counter to that is like I don't think there's any value in dismissing that. Yeah, they won the World Series. Period. They won it. That was then. Right now, the Dodgers have put like the Dodgers are winning divisions every year, which is what the Braves did. Now, winning divisions, you could argue if you just build a team to win a division, that's not the same as building a team to win a World Series. Like I think the question is, do do the? I mean, right now, I guess, uh, what's his name is pitching his face off Ryu. Um, so do you have somebody that can like, but I, I, go bum garner say, in the postseason? Like but in we'll basketball, see. you can't just build a team in baseball to win a world series. Cause it's so hard to win the division, right? Cause the season's so long. So you have to like, focus yeah, on I'm the, just right? saying if you build a team that to win a division, that's different. Like you still need another, you need like an ACE on a team that you've built to win the division to win a world series. Yeah. Like we're in basketball. You could argue like let's say that if the if you knew the Lakers were having a meeting of the minds today, and they're like we're not consumed like we want this extra Kyrie or Kemba because we can rest guys a lot. I, I'm okay with getting the five or four seed right because once the playoffs start, no one will say we're not better than anyone in a series because we are and well, it's more important. It's easier to get into the playoffs and you can kind of manipulate it. And then once the playoffs start, you just go all in. Keep the guy like the lady with Kawhi. Back to the original point for this conversation, the other consideration, I think, if you're having a meeting of the minds with the Lakers today is, guys, we don't have to go through the Warriors this year. Right? Well, isn't that we the don't meeting have... of the minds with every team, in the, like every decent team in the NBA right now? Yeah, but only a few teams have, like, because everyone else is going, yeah, but we're going to have to go through the Lakers. Right but, like, but even like Houston right now, they're like, well, let's just get these guys back to kind of liking each yeah. other. We can AD throw. gets hurt, which is possible. LeBron, we can win the championship. Well, it, it, it's why if you're Portland, well, it's why if you're the Clippers, you're like, God, we just get Kawhi. We are a legit finals team. We have a chance, right? Yeah. Hell, Especially we, if we, it's we, like if it takes the Lakers a year to really get it together. Well, think about this. If you're the Clippers, you're like, we don't have to get rid of anyone. We just add Kawhi. We, we took a couple games off the Lakers. We already have a good thing going. We just need like that superstar rock and boom. Because the one thing he's on the way. The one thing you say for the Clippers is like they have the group that everyone would die to have like around LeBron and AD, right? If you had LeBron and AD and their next five players, 
that you'd be like, they're a lock to win the championship. If I said LeBron and AD were on the Clippers with Lou Williams, Montrez Harrell, Gallinari, Patrick Beverly, you'd be like, that Jesus, this team's gonna be good. Guy. The the other factor is like the Lakers coaching situation is bizarre. Well, that's another elephant in the room. Right. LeBron LeBron flips on coaches. That's the thing with the NBA, like I know Windhorse talked about it a lot, and you and I had thought about it. Like, it was a huge blow for the NBA. The Warriors were one of the lone teams that really rates. It's, it's been proven now. The Warriors and LeBron. Well, the Warriors just got decimated. So they're going to be in some trouble next year. They're not quite like – even the casual fan comes for the Splash Bros. Well, now one of the Splash Bros is gone, and Kevin's gone. They're just not quite the same. Well, at least now LeBron's alive again, and that's important to the league. So you lost one, but you gain another one that's back. True. That's true. Yeah. Like it was a pretty big business moment for the Lakers. Like the the once the Warriors had an Achilles and an ACL, Adam Silver was praying to God the Lakers made this happen because you need to get LeBron back. <laughs> yeah, people were like, "What well, is David Stern going to step in and stop this trade?" Like, no, nobody's stopping this trade. Hell no. Um. All right. Speaking of uh, good for business. That's what it was when Tiger won the Masters. We were out there on Friday. We talked about it on the drive back on Friday. Somebody on this podcast said they were they really like Gary Woodland. That was me. I like Gary Woodland. I think we uh, called him the DH, right? Yeah, I, I did not predict he was going to win. I lo- John, I thought Sunday was incredible because Kepka just kept putting the pressure on him, and you just know Kepka's fucking un- like just feels like he's unstoppable. Kepka to me felt like Sunday, right? Just sometimes, sometimes you play well enough to win and you don't win. Part of that is Gary Woodland pulled out the wedge on the 17th green. One of the best shots. Why don't more guys do that? Tiger did it, actually. Well, because my, you don't have that many shots like that. Over yeah. the hump. Yeah, it's, just, it's, a, it's an outlier shot. Because most greens aren't built like that. It's like built like a hot dog, that green. On a, on, on a, on a course with... Probably, I, mean, I know they've been saying it, but I, I would imagine every course they play on the PGA Tour, even the ones that kind of come on and off the PGA Tour over the last five years, Pebble has to have the smallest greens. Yeah. That is by far their biggest green just in terms of length. And the way it's built, it's not round. It's really just slim and long. It's like a rectangle. I, why didn't Ro- – like I know that – Rose was, Rose was done by probably like 14 though. Well, yeah, no, what I was going to say though is I know that Woodland was away on 18, but why didn't Rose just putt out to get out of the way? On 18, maybe he didn't think Woodland was going to drain that long-ass putt. I was thinking that, too. I, You know, maybe you're just in the zone. Like, I think this probably speaks to what why Gary's such a good guy. Maybe he doesn't, and, like, Kepka would probably be the same. I don't think they give a shit about that. She's like, ready golf, you're just going, you're just playing. The the, the tournament was kind of over then. Yeah. I'm with you. They should have, but I, I don't know. I'm wonder guessing, if just, Gary? I'm guessing he thought he's just going to hit it close. I'll putt, I'll get out of the way, and then he'll have his tap in to win. And then he drained it. Would, would it shock you? They were saying on the broadcast that those two are good friends. They have the same agent. They've known each other. And you could tell Rose pretty, like had a yeah. big smile on his face. Yeah. That if, that if they call him Rosie, Rosie looks at him like, hey, man, you want me to finish out? And Gary's like, no, I'll just go. Yeah. Like, you yeah, know, it's one of those. That, yeah. Again, like if you don't have big ego guys, they're not even thinking about it. They don't even, it's not even registering that much. And it was pretty cool the way he went out like that. The dad freaked out. Yeah. I'll say this guy, and I, I people think I'm not, and I get in arguments with golf nerds. I'm not diminishing Tiger. He's the greatest thing I've ever seen. 
But the, you and I, when, you, when you're out there live, you can tell on TV, but when you're out there live, it's a different deal. The body types, the, the fat slob is dead. You're, Gary Woodland had a, had a basketball scholarship, left high school to play, go to school for free to play hoops. Like that guy did not really exist. And he's not like even a top 10 player. He's like 25. So you're getting the DJ. Kepka really wanted to play baseball. You're getting dual sport athletes that like I, I played high school football. I was not a high school football player. Like I'm not any good. You know, like these guys could have played in college. So once you get to that level, got Tony Finau probably could have played it like a Cal Poly, clearly. And you get these guys, the game has completely changed. Like the, everyone wants to say, I tweeted out yesterday, if Kepka had won the U.S. Open, I think winning three straight U.S. Opens, I would view it as the greater accomplishment than Tiger winning that tournament by 15. Because when you look back at the leaderboard, no one was on a par. Look at how many of these guys, they're playing the same fucking course. The talent on tour is on a different level, guy. I mean, it's not even it's not even comparable. That what's the argument? I don't understand the argument though. Like, who would argue against the talent being well? Just like what Tiger was doing. So what Tiger was doing was so crazy, and I would agree. But like, it was still really impressive. And I would just say, when you really do a deep dive, he would Tiger would have kicked the ass right if Tiger was twenty three playing right now because he would probably be the technology. He would have been super long. He would be like a Kepka, probably better. I'm not saying that he would not be the best player now if he was 23 and you could just plop him on the tour. But when he attacked, he did not attack uh, a tour with just Finau's and DeChambeau's. These are just kind of the randoms with Spieths and Rory's and then the Kepkas and the Dustins. They did not exist. You had like kind of a really old Faldo. The best player was most talented guy was Mickelson, but at that time he was still kind of viewed as mentally really soft. The tour just sucked, and Tiger kicked out the shit out of everyone. I guess my argument, and it's not – I guess it is kind of anti-Tiger. Let's say Tiger hit the tour right now. Right now he's, he's trying to win his 82nd tour event. He's won 80-plus. If Tiger was a rookie today, would he end up winning 80 tournaments? And that's where I just say no. Now, would it be that number be 60 or something? Probably. But I don't think he'd be rattling off like six, seven wins a year. Here's what I think that no, well, here's no, but here's what I think that misses is like we do have to judge you in the era that you existed, and ti- part of what made Tiger different is that he was different. That's what makes him different from Brooks, and what makes him different from Dustin, what makes him different from Rory and Justin Spieth, and all these guys. It's like these guys came through after somebody else had already done it, looking like an athlete, playing like an athlete, playing with emotion, all that shit. Like, there was nobody like Tiger, forget about skin color and name, just from an athleticism standpoint and a dominant standpoint. So, yeah, maybe it would have been different now, but he wouldn't have been Tiger. Like, he was, I don't know, it's just, we have to judge you in the era you were in, and part of what made him unique then was that he was just, we'd never seen anybody like him. Well, yeah, now Brooks and all these other guys make more sense to us because we already saw Tiger do it. We saw somebody else come before them. Tiger was first, though. Now, and, I'll, I'll, and I'll say this about So these Tiger. guys all had, you had all these examples by the time we get to 2019. 100%. So it's like, it's like in basketball, we might have like three Steph Currys in like 20 years, right? Yeah, and somebody might shoot a higher percentage. Somebody might score more points. Exactly. But no but one th- broke the mold. And he I broke think the mold. historically with golf, just because it's so mentally draining and being out there, you see it. Like it, it just mentally can wear on you. For the most part, guys just kind of crack and understandably so. 
And that was always the knock on Phil forever. What makes Brooks so special is like, this guy's kind of like wired like Tiger. Like he's just unfazed out there. Now it's different. Like Tiger was just like Kobe snarl. Where Brooks is just, do you see the tweet yesterday? He's, he was playing with Chavez Ravine, as I call him, Chez Revy. I mean, whenever I see Chez Revy, I just think the Dodger Stadium, Chavez Ravine. Then on like hole 13, there's some dude that was following that group just tweeted, yeah, because uh, there was a delay, because Louie had like had hit one into the stands, so they had to wait like an extra 20 minutes. And it was like, oh, yeah, Brooks and Chavez Ravine are just comparing Chew. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was, it's just Brooks is, I don't even know, he's probably like more like Steph, just looser, but he's an incredible guy. Like Brooks, peak Brooks right now, I think is like better than Phil. Uh, you probably give Faldo the edge. But who over this run, like he's better than Rory or Jordan because he's just deeper. I, I mean, I, I in, in my lifetime, I didn't get to watch Jack. Even peak Faldo, like late 80s, early 90s, I didn't get to watch. I think Brooks might be in these big tournaments, the second best golfer I've ever seen. He's just, the, I, I, like I said if, after the last time he won, he's the closest thing to me to Tiger that we've had since Tiger. Would you? Okay, he's just, unflappable in majors. No context, which is the most flappable for all these humans, right? Because it mentally wears at you. The, you feel the pressure out there. The courses are intense. Uh, what do you think is the more incredible accomplishment? 15 strokes, 2000, winning the U.S. Open at Pebble. Now, the guy that got number two was Ernie Els, who at the time was elite. I mean, Ernie was damn good. He beat him by 15 shots. He got second. Or if Kepka would have pulled that off yesterday and won three straight U.S. Opens. Would have been the first time it ever happened in, in golf. But I don't even think they're the same. I don't. How can we compare no, I know, like but one I, tournament? Asking, what What do you think? Just because Tigers was an outlier, like no one ever won a major by that many. Yeah, but it's it's winning one. Like I don't see how anything can be more impressive than like winning another thing three times in a row. Like one tournament can't be more impressive than three well, years in a row winning the U.S. Open. You would you would say that the Tiger Slam was more impressive than any one of his individual victories because he was just dominating them all, right? Yeah. But like, I don't yeah, think I would Gary agree. Woodland going lower than Tiger is more impressive than when Tiger did it. No, but I do. Does it diminish Tiger's fifteen shots when you see like all these years later, all the talent now? How many guys yesterday were under par? Like fifteen, right? Like if you put no, this group of guys, no, doesn't diminish it at all. Let's say Tiger in two thousand was playing at his level. How many guys like he does not with with this crew of players? Does he does not win that? Tournament by 15 shots, right? There's no way Brooks Kepka doesn't shoot under par. Or Gary Woodland's yeah, game. Yeah, I don't think... But again, like, that was the era he was in. Those were the guys he was against. He was an outlier in those guys. So, like, yeah, these guys are yeah, here because... Yeah, like flash Callaway drive didn't exist. Yeah, like, but also just, like, Tiger is part of the reason we've got all these guys that look like this now. Have you ever hit a Persimmons? The little wood woods. Uh, you know, I I don't think I have. I've hit a one iron badly. I have a two iron in the bag, as you know, John. Um, then Kepka hit a two iron yesterday on eighteen. You can put anything in the bag, though. That's different than hitting it. Yeah, it's uh, like yeah, I got it in the bag. Well, yeah, you can put a fucking shoe in the bag. <laughs> uh, I think winning three straight U.S. Opens would be as impressive. Like that's incredible. That's more impressive than winning any individual tournament by any amount. Uh, do you know what I think so crazy about this? But I don't think the 15 about. margin is diminished. Who's the next best player? And forever felt like DJ, he married to Paulina, he looks sweet. 
But his personality, like he doesn't have any, but he's not hateable at all. Like no one, everyone's like, oh, DJ's kind of cool. Like Brooks, Brooks is kind of smart because he kind of went heel. Like some people are like, what the fuck's this guy's deal? But he looks like, were you telling me before that the announcer said he looks like a middle linebacker? Yeah, one of the guys. Like, he looks like a middle linebacker. And I was like, well. He's got a former NFL player texture. He doesn't. But it, like a know, 2019 he, middle linebacker, but not maybe an outside, weak side linebacker. I saw the ratings. Passing downs. I think Brooks has become just a casual sports fan because he's built like an athlete. Now he's become pretty famous. Has helped be, the game. Yeah, well, also because he's not your prototypical golfer from a personality. He's like, everyone likes Jordan, which is, I guess, that should be good. Like, why wouldn't that be bad? Right, right when Jordan Spieth was rolling, he was just the greatest guy ever. And Rory just smiles more than ever now. Rory smiles so much. Like, Rory's really... Rory was always likable. He's gotten more likable. But the fact that Brooks... That some people hate Brooks is good for the sport. Well, and, and I think, like, when Brooks goes on part of my take and be like... I don't even like golf. It's kind of boring. I think you get the casual sports fan that's like, yeah, I don't really like golf that much. It's boring. I'm kind of like this guy. I'm telling you, I, I think he just brought in a guy a little different than Tiger, but like the casual, like the casual sports fan that's more going to watch baseball or basketball finds themselves relating more to Brooks than even like Tiger. Because you go, Tiger's just a nut job for golf, right? This guy hates golf and he's kicking ass. Like, I'm kind of rooting for this guy. So the anti-golf guy has a person to root for, and it's Brooks Kepka because he's like, he's an anti-golf guy. He does not like golf, even though you're watching him. Like, he's pretty locked in. Well, did you see that? Did you see that Rolex commercial that was like, it's a Brooks Kepka commercial? Well, did you see what he was wearing when he was talking to Clat after? Well, yeah, As sweet right. Rolex. But the commercial's <laughs> like, he's holding up the trophy, and the commercial says, the voiceover guy says, inspired by all those that came before. It's like, no, he's not. He doesn't care. <laughs> inspired by that no he does not care the, the one thing i would say though is i'd be fascinated to know like brooks kepka's training regimen relative to like the other top 50 guys on tour like is he practicing a lot because how would you be that good without practice it's a, a great question yeah because i because i would say the one that like i said the casual guy that he's bringing in that i'm assuming this is happening would go, God, this guy probably doesn't even practice or anything. There's no freaking way he can play this good at these courses and just be like, yeah, what's he doing until the British Open? Oh, I think he's just drinking Michelob Ultra on the lake with his chick. No way. Like, he has to meet Butch Harmon for practice sessions, yes, right? Yes, yes. Because the one thing I think most people go, oh, these guys play a lot, they play a lot, they play a lot, they play a lot. It feels like Brooks never plays. W- would it shock you if you found out he practices all the time? No. I assume he does, John. How can you be this locked in without playing ever? But how does he build up this rep like he doesn't practice? I just honestly, think, he's got, I think he's got the a rep, rep like he lifts more than he practices. Don't you think the rep comes from the fact that he just is nowhere to be seen in non-majors? Yeah, and I think he kind of came out of nowhere. But then I think he's kind of played into that. Like, yeah, I don't really like. But I think he doesn't he like, feel like a golf grinder. I think he kind of likes building up the thing. That's like I don't work. I'm just so much. Hey, man, I don't. I don't. None of your rules apply to me. I don't have to practice like you guys. I just go out and ball, man. I think he likes playing into that. But look at him. But I like. Let's just say Rory, Dustin, and Brooks. On a non-week, they're playing, but a big tournament's coming up. You know, obviously the stories on Tiger are legendary, right? Like his work ethic, like hitting yeah. the gym at 4 a.m. on the range, and then he goes lunch, and then he goes for like a run, and then he goes back to the range, and then he goes like a playing session like after. He was a maniac. 
I think a lot of these guys are maniacs. Like whenever I'll get a lesson, I'll be like, God, I really want to do this. And the guy will be like, well, you're not a pro. It's not your nine to five job. Like it is Brooks trying to work the ball. Yeah, but I I can work the I just can't consistently control it because if you can work the ball, the consistently control it comes with just reps, like anything. Like you get good at fucking calling basketball games, so you have a lot of reps doing it. Well, these guys can hit pressure shots, a draw or a fade because they've done it. Oh, they've done it nine to five. It does not feel like Brooks practices, but does he? Because I is there yes. a chance that I, there, I don't th- buy that he doesn't practice? If there and I, when I say not practice, I'm saying like grind. Is there a chance like he's actually one of the biggest grinders on tour? Like just hitting balls and just he has a certain schedule that he does like practicing, or it, maybe there is something to it. That maybe that keeps him a little looser. I just don't think I don't see how you can hit the pressure shots if you hadn't repped it. That that's that's what made Tiger so great, right? It's like when he hit the tour, he had these ten thousand hours because him and his and Earl had been banging balls since he was like three years old. Right. Like how could you? How could he go to eighteen? And even like he kind of missed. It was an incredible shot. He was off by like five feet, and it just if he just hits at like the runway instead of right over the bunker, it might land a little softer. But like you can't hit that shot with ten thousand people looking at you on eighteen of Pebble Beach without have done that countless times in the last ten years. And he he has this feel like yeah I just come out and hit half court shots like I'm Steph Curry and I never practice them. And I think just he think, likes everybody thinking that. Yeah. I wonder when someone's going to do a deep dive and this would hurt the rep of like what he's actually doing. Well, I mean I, I think the real question too is like is this is 5 years from now is this still going on? 3 years from now with Brooks. But guy even on? if he just has like a 4 year stretch moving forward or let's say 3 more years where he rattles off like 7 it's going to be one of the greatest stretches in golf history. It's already kind of for sure close. For sure. You see those last, like, seven But I'm just eight, saying, like, if he's eight. really the guy that doesn't like golf, then five years from now, after he's won everything there is to one multiple, multiple times over, that's where I call BS. Like, I think he's going to still be going strong because I think he does like it. He likes competition. He likes winning. He would be in the category, right, of guy that likes winning more than he hates losing, probably, which maybe a lot of golfers are in that category. Well, he's 29 years old. Because finishing but, third still pays a lot of money. Yeah, to me, the golf prime, wouldn't you say, is like, 25 to 35 like he's square in the middle mm-hmm. like and he's a guy that he's probably gonna look pretty good in his 30s right like he's not gonna be like god brooks just stinks at 34 like he, I, I would imagine he has a pretty good run in his well 30s. brooks got a gut on him huh and i think the tour is gonna want him around because now he's becoming such a rock star again i'm getting texts from people that i don't even like that golf that much like kepka is a machine he's just he's kind of fascinating He's more fascinating to me than DJ to the casual sports fan. Just because there's something about him that you just can't. Yeah. Like you right. hear stories about DJ, like, oh, he likes blowing, banging chicks. Like he's just kind of your typical star athlete, right? Like there's just something fascinating about Brooks Kepka that we can't put our finger on. And that's why I'm asking if someone ever does a deep dive where it comes out like actually Brooks Kepka is the hardest worker, would that would that take away from how cool that no, I think a lot of because I don't at? buy that he doesn't practice anyway. But you don't, but I think a lot of people do. I, I think most people don't even realize that's part of the narrative. Like your casual fan just thinks like he's a guy that a lot of people people don't like because he kind of walks a certain way and he's always got this smirk. Like I think it's more just superficial stuff than that they know like the backstory. You know, I think it's the way he walks, the way he kind of half smiles, the way he's just kind of looking around like he doesn't give a shit. If you had to go way too early prediction, when Brooks kept how many how many majors does Brooks Kepka retire with? He's got three right now. He's got four. Four, four He's run the U.S. Open twice, and he's run the PGA Championship twice. Um, 
Well, he'll work, it, not, he'll work his way to a Masters when he's a little how does he older. Not win, how does he not win a Masters? Yeah. Uh, he just needs to play there a few times. That's the one thing. He's still so, he doesn't have that much PGA, like, high-level experience. Right? Like, he hasn't, how many times has he played the Masters? Yeah, I mean, probably five or six. Not, not that many. So, maybe, hell, maybe three. I mean, I, it, like, I, I feel like the right number is seven. But to me, just saying, like, given the pace he's on, I feel like I'd be stupid when I say seven and he wins nine. Yeah, I mean, it feels like he might have nine or ten because, again, his greatest attribute is going to be for these next five or six years, he might be able to rattle off one a year or two a year, right? Well, he could have a year where he wins like three of the four. How many guys do you feel like right now, a major start, you know what you're getting from him? No, I mean, beside Captain, none, and that includes Tiger. Rose? Yeah, like if you – like. I think like Rose and even like Matt Kuchar. Yeah, the guy's going to make the cut and be in the top 25. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. like top. Like how many guys do you feel like uh, he'll be a top five to seven guy? Because to me, if you're just always a top five major guy, then you're winning at least one a year. I, I would say Rose and DJ, I feel like, are legit going to be in the mix come the weekend. Those are two guys. That, okay. And they so, kind of are. So Brooks, you always feel like – like right now. I feel now – I feel like Brooks has flown by DJ. Yeah, like I'm just surprised if we're watching Sunday and Brooks is not in the mix. Like here, here's what I think, guy. And you can usually tell by Friday what it's going to be on Sunday with him. Like the the Vegas odds for this tournament were ba- they were basically even odds for those two guys. They were the two tied as favorites at eight to one. I think moving forward that Brooks should be two or three rings better or worse. Like he should be clearly the betting favorite of these tournaments, like five to one. And then even DJ, which at any moment can win, should be like ten to one. Like no one should be in single digit uh, betting betting odds to win these tournaments moving forward. Beside Brooks Kepka, until we see Brooks just have a terrible year. I mean, he's the we're, God, John. We're a month away from the British. Actually, th- tomorrow Tuesday is a month away from the British Open. The one thing I would say, I, I'll go to my bookie right now. The odds for that. That's kind of a unique tournament, so I, I don't feel as confident saying like he should be the heavy favorite for that, right? Because that is kind of weird, just the style yeah, over there. Yeah, I just for me, when people are still like, "Who do you like this week?" You start getting into like, "Oh, this course matches this guy." I moving forward until I tell you otherwise. When you say, "Guy, who do you like this week?" I'm just saying Brooks first, because to me, he's the most consistent big tournament golfer without question. Well, who do you think on mybookie.ag promo code Ham wants the heavy favorite to win yeah. the British Open? Yeah. That that's where I'm saying, like, to counter my argument, the other three, it should immediately be like that. Like, I, I think the odds of this, there is no one. If I just doing it by units, he's eight to one. No one's any lower than eleven to one. That's how the other three should be. I don't know enough of where are they even playing. Uh, Royal Portrush. Yeah, it, it's like uh, it's Rory's course, so Rory's up there too. I, I just I don't know enough about the course and just like. It's just, you know, how it's just different over there. It's going to be pretty awesome for Rory if he's got a chance. Now, wasn't... Smiling was, Rory. What did, uh, if you had to guess, so Kepka. so two years ago, I don't know what he did last year, but two, in 2017, after he had won the U.S. Open, he went to the British and was tied for six. Mm. So it's not like he he's never been to Ireland and had any success. Different course, but tied for six in 2017. So maybe it's not inconceivable. Why wouldn't he go over there and play well? 
Like, do you feel good Tiger 11 to 1, British Open? No, because like I was telling you, I, Tiger in cold weather tournaments for me is some kind of going to. I might just cross those off my list moving forward. If it's going to be cold, he looked Sunday worn the hell out. I saw, I haven't read the article, but uh, Dieter from uh, the Mercury News just wrote something how the, the tournament should be there every five years. Well, a lot of the got, golf guys were saying it on the broadcast. And it got me thinking, like, if you said the U.S. Open was there every three years, because it is on television pretty sweet, and the timing is a game changer, right? Well, yeah. I mean, look, the West Coast thing everybody loves. The course is freaking gorgeous. Like, it plays on television better than anything else in America. Would you agree by with that? Fa- by far. Um, it would basically be like if the entire AT&T Park with the Giants player, now Oracle... <laughs> Was just right field. And, by the way, we didn't get a day of sun. Like, imagine when it's sunny out there, how but, nice it is. But you honestly don't even need the sun. No, you, but that's no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. um, the players love it. The Everyone loves I mean, the fans. It's, it's badass. Great. You get fans from all over the country because it's, it's already a destination course. Yeah. It's badass. Because the guys on the uh, uh, Sirius XM, I was listening to them, and they were like, like, why couldn't we do this every five years here? Do you feel a little dirty I don't know if you made the comments on the podcast, but just some of your comments, just maybe the course was a tad bit overrated. Now, looking back after experiencing it. <laughs> Did I say that? You said there's a course in, in Fresno called Copper River. You're like, well, if you put Copper River on the ocean, you know. Yeah, but it's not. I mean, like, what, but here's the thing. Like, I'm not I've not been golfing since I was three. Like the architecture of dogleg rights and all that stuff doesn't. I mean, what's sweet about this course is where it is. Would you agree? Like, tell me, you take that. Like, everybody says it. You take that course, you put it in Omaha. What is it? But is yeah, it, but it's there. There's yeah, only so, much so it's property. awesome because it's there. But I also think the way they made it right, the greens are small, not a green no, flat. Yeah, it's they, just pretty special. They, I, I take that back, yes. I, and, and there I are no several compare shots. It to Copper River Golf. And again, like, there are several <laughs> shots on six and eight where you're hitting it over fucking cliffs. Well, you've got... It is pretty cool, right, that you've got six and eight blind shots and then seven is tucked back there. Blind second and shots. And your, your 18 or 17 tee shot on a par three is into the wind, into the ocean. And then your 18 shot, your 18 shot off the tee and then your second shot are just incredible. Yeah. I, but I do think there's a stretch that th- there is a stretch like. It's a golf course. That doesn't know, like, do a lot for me. Like, uh. That like runs 13, away from 14, the yeah, yeah, it's like, uh, well. But, yeah, okay, you're right. I take it back. If I said that on the record, it's better than Copper River Golf Club in Fresno. Cousin texted me last night, said that AT&T, you know, behind hole three. So we were sitting watching four and 17, mm-hmm. and the green's right there. there. I guess there's a big house. AT&T bought a house, I think, a couple years ago for $20 million and then just renovated it just for fan experience over the two tournaments. Well, I mean, that won every year for the AT&T tournament. But, so AT&T, the company, just owns the house. Wow. I mean, there's not a home out there. Like, 20 is a dump. Well, the well, the one... There's I heard one... Lake, Lakeham's was 30, my sources told me. Uh, yeah, well, the one that is... There's one on the cliff that used to be owned by Gene Hackman that went for 30. And is getting remodeled, even though it's in beautiful condition. Or maybe it was 29. You think it's like Gene did not quite 
getting as many gigs anymore and just like still wants to li- live a sweet life. And it's like, I don't even go there that much. I get yeah. 30 million. I bought this for two. The property taxes. I mean, gee, I'm going to make so much. Like I, I'm just going to act like I just made two more sweet movies, right? <laughs> I just had a, an influx of $28 million of cash. And I just think fundamentally, right? You start, you start looking at your balance sheet and you're going, I'm there a week out of the year. Like I can just rent one. I can just rent a house. Yeah. Yeah. Sell too for thirty million. Especially, <laughs> I would imagine Gene Hackman did not pay that much for it. No, right? I don't know if he was the one that sold it for twenty nine, but yeah, some sweet houses out there. Uh, pretty confident I'll never have one because you would imagine like we're at twenty to thirty price point. In like fifty years, that number's never coming back, <laughs> no. right? So in twenty or thirty years, is that number forty? Yeah, because they're not adding property. It's a little Malibu-ish, right? Like You're the right. Malibu it's just homes. so exclusive. The, the inventory is finite. So even if it's like, well, recession hits, okay, then it just it just flattens off for five years. But, but you only need X amount of super rich people for those places to exist, right? Like yeah. the market's small. Like a bunch of people, a Walmart laying off a bunch of people doesn't affect the housing prices in Carmel. Well, exactly, like 100%. I would imagine Joe Lake have purchased that house in the last five years, right? Like, yeah. Who was he bidding against, like, to buy that house? Like, two other Joe Lakeups. Like, you don't you don't need to worry about, like, Bill from finance, you know, and uh, and James from a local sales group. Like, yeah, they're not yeah. all trying well, to get. Well, our, our, you know, we'll, all right, we'll stretch another 200 on the budget. Yeah. There's he no budget. Give a shit. All right, on that note. Godspeed. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.